Good morning. Good to be with you all this morning. Um, quick question. What's on your bucket list? Things that you feel that are important for you to do or you would like to do or for you to say before you leave this earth. I like it. When I think about that, um, there's some things that I would like to do or some things that I would like to see. I would love to be around long enough to watch my daughters or, or walk my daughters down the aisle as a father if they decide to get married one day. Um, I would love to be around long enough to be called Papa, right? Have grandkids. I think that'll be cool. Papas are so cool. So shout out to all the Papas here. Um, and I would love to spend a week on an island with my wife with no kids. Amen. And I would also love to see the Cowboys and or Razorbacks win a Super Bowl or a national championship before I leave. Be quiet, Anthony. All right? Like, those are things that I feel like are important or things that I would love to see or witness. So I begin to think as I was preparing for this lesson here in John 13 and 14, right? Like, these are things that we're going to be talking about today that Jesus did before he died, right? He knew that he was about to leave this earth. And one of the things that he did was serve, right? One of the things that he did was serve someone else by washing feet. And my assistant is not on cue, so bear with me. Come on, Andy, come up here for me. Right? Jesus, before he was about to leave this earth, he washed the feet of the disciples. This is a man who had an act of service and the thought of serving others before he died, which tells me that he thought it was pretty important. So at the expense of being a little uncomfortable this morning, put your feet there. I'm going to wash Andy's feet. I have a towel that has some soap already in it. This water may be a little cold, so I apologize in advance. A little cold. There you go. All right? So, yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable. And that's okay. Andy, how you feel? A little uncomfortable, right? Here's the thing. Sometimes serving can and will be uncomfortable. Right? Last week, I, I asked a couple of our teenagers, you know, hey, would you be willing to be a part of this? What do you think they said? No way. No way. You're crazy. Right? Why is that? Well, it's because sometimes we're all we're, we're even uncomfortable to be being served. Right? It's hard to be served. I, I just can't do it sometimes. Right? Whatever it may be, pride or whatever it may be, I don't want to be served. A couple of years ago, we took a, a group to Memphis work camp. And... We did this the first night. Our teens were there to serve some people in Memphis um, by painting their homes. And on the first night of the camp or of the week, we washed their feet. And a lot of them were like, no, I'm not doing that. That's crazy. You're not going to wash my feet. That's, that's uncomfortable. 
right? So understanding being served and serving can and will be uncomfortable. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Peter told Jesus, and he said to Jesus, you will never, ever wash my feet. And Jesus responded, if I don't wash your feet, you don't belong to me. You won't belong to me. Peter said, okay, well, wash my head and my back and everything else, right? Because I, I want to belong to you, but this just seems uncomfortable. In the book of John, chapter 13, verses 12 through 15, he says this. Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right. Because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. You see, we're, we're, we're called to serve those around us and to serve each other. We want to be a church that serves the community of 72202. But again, we need to understand that sometimes that can and will be uncomfortable. And we also need to understand that those people will be uncomfortable when being served. Yesterday um, at Adopt-A-Block, I, I kind of go off script here for a second, but I think it's important for me to share this. Um, I had the opportunity to meet a Mr. and Mrs. Grant. Mr. Grant, he invited me into his home, gave us, we, we had sack lunches, and was like, thank you, we really appreciate it. And he said, wait, wait you're from Central Church? And I said, well, yes, sir. He said, well, aren't you the same people that were here a few months ago painting and scraping this house beside mine? And I said, well, yes, sir, you're right. That's correct. And he said, I, I just, I think that's amazing. You have the young people out there and that's just a great thing. And he says, you see this top of my, uh, my front porch here? I would love to have that done. How much would you charge me? And I said, well, Sir, if we did it, we wouldn't charge you anything. And then there was just this long, awkward pause, and he just stared into my eyes. And I was uncomfortable. And then he said, you wouldn't charge me anything? I said, no, sir, we would do this because we love you and we love Jesus. And then there was a long pause where he just stared in my eyes. And then he said this. He said, hmm, that's not what it means to be a church, huh? And I thought, that's it. Yeah, and my response was, Mr. Grant, that's what we're praying to be each and every day. You see, Mr. Grant had this idea in his mind of what the church is and should be. Right? Because Jesus has set this example of who we should be as servants and to serve others and to serve the people around us. But also, Mr. Grant had this idea in his mind that the church had lost that. In his response, hmm, 
You guys know what it means to be the church. So this serving thing, it's not just something Jesus did. It was important, right? You think about the things that you plan on doing or you want to do before you leave this earth. I guarantee you they're important to you, right? To be a true servant, it has to be from one's heart. And I'm not sure of a better way to reach people for Jesus, right? It's our duty. It's our responsibility on this earth to glorify God by serving others, no matter who we are, what status we may hold on this earth. How we as God's people treat others is so important, right? We have to be more concerned about the relationships that we have with one another and the people that we meet, because majority of the time, that's the bridge for others to reaching and having a life with Jesus. The second thing that Jesus said was, I am the way. Right? Jesus says, I am the way. Follow me. And then he says, I am the way. And he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. I read that and it bothers me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Right? I, I can't help but to wonder if others have, may have felt the way that I've felt when my heart's troubled. Right? Like, Jesus, whatever do you mean? What do you mean? Do not let your hearts be troubled. I'm not sure, if Jesus, if you've been paying attention, but there's a lot of things that's going on, and I'm not sure what you mean. Don't let your hearts be troubled, because right now, God, my heart's really troubled, and I'm hurting. So at the sake of giving us all nightmares, right? Let me just remind you of just what we've all been through over the last two years. It was this time two years ago, and I believe this week, that we were introduced to this thing called COVID. And schools were letting out. And I thought, ah, this will probably just a real bad cold, and kids will go back to school after spring break. Kids never went back to school. We stopped having in-person worship. We learned about this thing called Zoom. Um, and then people started dying. And I looked it up a couple of days ago and I saw something that said over 5 million people had died from COVID. And it's changed our entire life and everything that we do, the way that we think, the way that we shake hands, we fist bump now. And I'm thinking, God, where are you? And in the midst of all that, we were, there was this thing, this sexual abuse thing where this Me Too movement, where people were able to come out and say, hey, look, Me Too. And there were so many people who had been sexually abused. And in the midst of all of that, we watched a terrible video, nine-minute video of a man, George Floyd, being murdered. And I said, God, now my heart's not troubled. My heart's filled with anger. Where are you? which sparked so many different protests. And, and, and we witnessed it right here in Little Rock. Protests that turned violent. And I said, God, where, where are you? Divorce rates have skyrocketed. And even today, there's a war. And I cry out, Lord, my heart's troubled. I'm angry. 
where are you? And then I think, well, that's just the stuff, Jesus, that's going on in the world. I haven't even begun to unpack the things that are going on in my own life, right? The depression, the anxiety, the relationship issues, the health struggles, the things that I struggle with on a daily as an individual. So I got all of this stuff that's inside of me on top of everything that the world's giving me. And God, you're telling me not to allow my heart to be troubled. So today, I'm not sure where you are. Maybe you're in a place of thankfulness. Maybe you're in a place of joy. You're just busting the seams with enthusiasm. And I'm happy for you. God bless you, and I pray that God continues to be with you. But maybe you're here today, and you're hurting. Maybe you're dealing with some health issues, anxiety, depression, whatever your struggle may be. Maybe your heart's troubled. I want to say something to you that, was, that I heard a long time ago that helped me in so many ways. In your troubled heart, in your depression, in your anxiety, never mistake the presence of darkness for the absence of God. Never mistake the presence of darkness for the absence of God. God says, I am with you. I will be with you at all times. When I was a little kid, um, I would always enjoy uh, road trips with my grandparents. And one of the coolest things was the night before, my grandfather would take this map, big old map, he'd always do it like this for whatever reason, I still don't understand it, and then he'd put it on the table, big map. You kids probably have no idea what a map is. But he, and he would always have a pencil and a highlighter. And he would start with that pencil. He would mark where the starting point for wherever we are in Little Rock. And then he would put a mark to our destination. And then he would take that pencil and he would figure out the best highways and the best ways to take to get to where we were going. And when he figured it out, he would take the highlighter and highlight it. And then he would go back and he would recall all of the exits that he's going to take, the highways he's going to take. I'm going to take I-55 to I-40. I'm going to get off on exit 35. And he would just do that over and over again. And I would do it with him, right? I'm a, I'm a little kid. I love being with Papa. I think he's the coolest thing ever. And I want to do whatever he's doing. So I'm reading it back. It was cool for me because I knew the next morning when we got in the car, whenever we got in the car, I knew where we were going. And I didn't have to ask the question of, are we there yet? Because I knew if when we got to this exit, we were that much closer. You see, I knew the way. Why? Because I had stayed up, or I was with my grandfather while he was finding the way. In the same way, Jesus says, I am the way. I know the way. If you spend time with me, if you walk with me, if you pray to me, you will also know the way. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And the third thing he gives us is he says this. Because the good news is this. Jesus says, love me and keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, the Holy Spirit, to help you and to be with you. You see, God says, God says don't allow your hearts to be troubled because, again, in your depression and your anxiety, 
and your divorce and your trauma and your torn relationships and your failing health. I am with you. John chapter 14, verse 17 through 20 says this. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you. Now and later, he will be will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon in the world, soon the world will no longer see me. But you will see me since I live, you also will live. So there's a, a guy who I, I listen to regularly. Uh, he told a story uh, last week and he said he was out way on business and when he came back, he loves to just spend time with his, spend time with his daughter. That's what he loves to do whenever he comes back. So he said, this particular time, we went out to eat and then we went to the mall and he says, I already know what's about to happen. My daughters are like, hey daddy, let's go in this store. So he's just like, all right, let's go. And he takes out Money, he gives the first daughter $50, he gives the second daughter $50, gave another daughter $50. The first two daughters, they run off and go get the things that they want. Gave them $50, they're gone. The third daughter gave $50 to, she says, Daddy, I, I want to stay right here with you. Will you go around the store with me? Sure, babe, I, I don't mind doing that, I'll do that. So she says, Daddy, I, I just think you're the, the best father ever. I'm so happy you're home. Daddy, what do you think about these boots here? I really like these boots. And he's like, sure, babe, go ahead and get these boots. Go ahead and get them. And he says, oh, Daddy, I really love you. You take so, such good care of us. Daddy, what do you think about these pants here? How do you think these pants are? Like, I think those are great. Go ahead and get them, baby. He says, well, Daddy, see, you're such a good father. You're always there for us. You're taking care of us. What do you think about this sweater? And he's like, yeah, baby, go ahead and get them, you know? And she says, Daddy, why are you so good to us? He says, because I love you. She says, I love you too. Daddy, what do you think about those earrings? I want these earrings, but these earrings right here, they're for special occasion. Can I have these earrings too? And he's like, yeah, go ahead and get them. And as they're walking back to the front, to the cash register, he can feel the tension of the other two daughters that are still waiting on him with their $50 worth of stuff. He could feel the anger in their eyes as they're walking back to the cash register. And when they get there, the one of the daughters says, why does she have all of that stuff? They're standing there with $50, and the other daughter has like $150 worth of stuff. And she steps out behind him, and she says, because I walked with him. Right? Point is, in the same way, when I walk with God, when you walk with God, when I pray to God, when you pray to God, God's going to provide you with everything that you need and you want and everything that you could ever imagine. Sometimes, we forget to walk with God. Sometimes we end up like those first two daughters and we're just like, this happened to me. God says, if you walk with me, if you follow me, I will provide you with everything that you need. I'll end with this. Chapter John, and John chapter 14, 27 through 31. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. 
And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father, who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Today in your going. Have a servant's heart. Even if it makes you uncomfortable. And in your troubles, never mistake the presence of darkness for the absence of God.